message of hope and good news for you. The program today is part of a series of programs called Give Me the Bible with Uncle Len. The title of today's program is The Mark of the Beast. Hello, my radio friends. Thank you for joining me today, and it's a real pleasure to be with you again. At the end of the last program, I promised we'd begin to look at the prophecies recorded in the books of Daniel and also Revelation and see how they relate to the future and also to the times in which we live. Some of these prophecies are very frightening, but because the Bible is true and reliable and is the word of God, we can depend on what those prophecies say. Today, we'll look at a subject which quite a few people know just a little bit about. And as I said at the introduction, the subject is the mark of the beast. Most people who have some knowledge of this subject regard the mark of the beast as something bad, and mostly they are afraid of it. But before we consider what that mark is, we should know who or what the beast is. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 to 9, we're given a description of Satan, and he is likened to a dragon. Satan is not the beast. In Revelation chapter 13, there is given another description of a monstrous-looking creature called the beast. The beast is the agency, that is, the power, which carries out Satan's wishes. We will consider its real identity in a later program. Satan, together with his agency, that is the dragon, uh, Satan is the dragon, together with the beast, are in opposition to God. And so we can straight away assume that they are up to no good. The mark of the beast is a symbol or a sign identifying a large group of people who do what the beast wants. They do not do what God wants. People have speculated as to what the actual mark of the beast is. Here are some of the ideas that are currently circulating. They say the mark of the beast could be, firstly, an invisible laser tattoo seen through an electronic eye. Some say it could be a microchip under the skin or in on the head or maybe on the hand. Some say the mark of the beast could be a new currency, that is, a new um, lot of money. Some say it could be a kind of barcode tattooed on the forehead. Some say it could be a communist red star tattooed on the forehead. Others say it could be a tattooed name of Antichrist written in Hebrew. And some say it could be your credit card number tattooed on the forehead. And lastly, some say it's a number branded or burnt onto the skin. 
The prophet Daniel completed the book that was named after him in about 530 BC. Looking down through time into the distant future, he wrote, And there shall be a time of distress, that is, trouble, such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. He is saying that there will be, before the second coming of Christ, a time of perplexity and trouble on planet Earth that has never been seen ever before. It will be intense and widespread. And in the middle of all this will be the mark of the beast. But before going on, we need to notice that there is another side, another group of people who do not have the mark of the beast. These will be God's people. These people are identified in Revelation chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. It says, Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. So there'll be two marks. One is the mark of the beast mentioned in Revelation 14.11 and the other is the seal of God. Those people who are controlled by Satan and his agency, the beast, will have the mark of the beast. But those people who belong to God will have the seal of God. Both marks are symbolic. They are codes that represent authority, allegiance, approval and ownership. You know, these days it is not unusual for people to wear clothing with writing on it. The writing often shows what the wearer approves of. It's a kind of a mark. If you see someone wearing Nike shoes, you'll instantly know the wearer identifies with the Nike brand. If you see a supermarket employee wearing a jacket, shirt or blouse with the Woolworths logo on it, you will instantly know that person belongs to Woolworths. So it is with the mark of the beast and the seal of God. Those who honour Satan or his agency, the beast, will have the mark of the beast. Those who remain faithful to God will have the seal of God. So then, what determines whether a person receives the mark of the beast or has the seal of God? This may surprise you, but the whole issue revolves around worship. Who you worship will determine whom you belong to. There are two contenders for our worship. There is God and there is also Satan. You may have read in the Gospels of the time when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness. What did Satan want Jesus to do? It was to bow down and worship him. Ever since his rebellion in heaven, Satan has desired worship. He wants people to worship him as he set himself up in opposition to God. 
In Revelation 14 and verse 7, there is a call for human beings to worship God, the Creator. It says, Fear God and give Him glory, because of the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. So what then could the mark or the seal be? Are they something physical like a tattoo or a silicon chip? The answer is no. You may find the answer somewhat surprising, but let us see what the Bible says. Down through the centuries of time, God has always had people who were faithful to him. In Ezekiel 20 verses 12 and also verse 20, God says to his people, You shall hallow my Sabbaths, and they will be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. In other words, God is saying that anyone who keeps the Sabbath demonstrates his or her allegiance to him, the Creator God, and those people accept his complete authority. Adding to that, <clears throat> in Revelation 14.12, in speaking about God's people, it says, This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. So, obviously, God's people will be a commandment-keeping people and will keep the seventh-day Sabbath holy as given by God at creation. In Revelation 19 verse 12, this is repeated in different words. It says, Those who worship God will keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So then, it is clear enough that the seal of God will be and is the practice of keeping God's commandments and keeping the seventh-day Sabbath. Let's repeat that point. The seal or sign identifying the people who belong to God is that these people willingly keep all the commandments, including the seventh-day Sabbath. When you think about it, <clears throat> That is a fairly significant marker. God's people are prepared to honour and obey him despite popular opinion, where most people are not prepared to keep God's specified day of worship. If you see your neighbours each Saturday get dressed up and go to church, you are forced to say, these people are different. They obey what God says and are prepared to do his will. It is quite obvious there is no need of some sort of ornament or stamp or barcode or something similar to identify them. What they do is sufficient to identify them. You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Uncle Len. Please stay with us. We are going to take a short break and we'll be back in a minute.
So, if the seal or the sign of God is Sabbath-keeping, it would be logical to assume that since Satan and the beast are in opposition to God, the mark of the beast would be something to do with a false Sabbath. Now, if you've been following these programs, you would know that the false Sabbath, Sunday that is, day of worship, was instituted by the Roman Catholic Church. It was never instituted, nor ever ordained by God. The Roman Catholic Church claims the change of the Sabbath is a mark of her authority, because virtually every Christian church keeps Sunday as the holy day. The only basis for keeping Sunday is the authority of the Catholic Church. There is no authority from the Scriptures. In the book of Daniel, in chapter 7 and verse 25, there is a prophecy that outlines who the beast power is. It says, He will speak against the Most High, that's God, and oppress the saints, that's God's people, and try to change the set times and the laws. We'll look at this prophecy in closer detail later on. And today we'll just just use part of it, the part about changing God's times and laws. Are you aware of any powerful organisation that has monkeyed around with God's laws? I can only think of one, and that's the Roman Catholic Church. They have removed the second commandment altogether from God's holy law, then split the tenth commandment into two to make up the deficit. The commandment to keep the seventh-day Sabbath was substituted by the rule to keep the first day of the week, the day of the sun, as a holy day. All this was done without God's permission or approval. Unfortunately, most people who call themselves Christians today have fallen for this deception. In Revelation 13, verses 17 and 18, we read, He, that is, this religious political power, this beast power, forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is a man's number. His number is 666. Should you be wondering about receiving the mark of the beast as a computer chip in the hand or forehead, The mark is symbolic and will be found in the centre of thought represented by the forehead or in the centre of action represented by the hand. If someone believes that Sunday is the day of worship, we could say they have the mark on their foreheads. If someone does not agree but conforms with that idea, we could say the mark 
is on the hand. From the texts I've just read, it is fairly clear that a time is coming when people will be forced to bear evidence that they are on the side of the beast power because if they do not conform, they will not be able to buy or sell. Financial institutions will be under the control of this power and unless you are in favour with the beast power, you'll no longer be able to use your credit card. Cash will be unacceptable and any buying and selling will be impossible. That will make it really tough for God's people, but it is a typical tactic of Satan who controls the beast power. It's fairly easy to see how the financial system could be controlled. Just think of how in the last 20 years society has moved from cash to almost cashless. Some businesses even impose a surcharge if their customers want to pay by cash. At the moment, I can make almost any purchase I like and don't handle or even see the money. It's all done by computers and numbers are transferred from, say, my bank to another bank. What you have in the bank is really only numbers. How easy would it be for a bank or other financial institution to, to stop you accessing your account? Currently in Australia, known terrorists or criminals can, by law, have their bank accounts frozen. In a future scenario, just a few pressed keys on a bank computer would freeze the accounts of those who are not willing to acknowledge or worship the beast power. Fortunately, things haven't gone so far in this country yet, but as time marches closer to the return of Jesus, and based on the truth of the Bible, we can expect it as surely as the sun will rise tomorrow morning. Lastly, let's look at the 666 mentioned in verse 18 of Revelation 13. Both Greek and Latin languages have numerical values, that is, numbers, for certain letters of the alphabet. Let's look at the Latin name of the head of this beast power. His title is Vicarious Philae Dei, that is, the Vicar of God. Now, it'll be a bit hard for you to do this on the radio, but um, you can check it if you like. V in vicarious is represents five. I is one. C is 100. A doesn't have a number. R doesn't have a number. I is one. U is five. S doesn't have a number. That adds up to 112. The second part of the title, Filii, F doesn't have a number, I is 1, L is 50, I is 1, I is 1. That adds up to 53. And then the last part, Dei, D is 500, E doesn't have a number, I is 1. So the last bit is 501. So we have the first word, vicarious, adds up to 112. 
Filii is 53, and Dei is 501. You put that together, and you have 666. So, to conclude, what is the mark of the beast? It will be that people accept the first day of the week as the day of worship. What is the seal of God? The mark or sign for that will be the acceptance of God's laws and the keeping of God's day of worship. We must be prepared that society at this time will be polarised. There will be a a minority that is those who are faithful to God and a majority who are controlled by the beast power. For those who are faithful to God, there will be enormous pressures and probably considerable persecution to make them conform. But what will be the final outcome? We're told this in Revelation 14.9. It says, A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on the forehead or on the hand, he too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured out full strength into the cup of his wrath. God will ultimately reward the faithful and punish the unfaithful. The faithful will receive the reward of eternal life. The unfaithful will have eternal death. God has the last say. How will it go for you? Are you willing to be faithful to God? Or will you compromise and give in to the beast power? I really hope that you will make a serious and considered decision to be faithful to God and do what he asks of you, regardless of popular opinion. Dear listeners, I urge you to make up your minds to serve God, no matter what. So then, we must close for today. I hope you will join me again next week.